0: Welcome to the Generation Life Church Sermon Podcast. We are a life giving church for everyone. We are multi generational, multicultural, and exist to multiply by reaching our community both locally and globally with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray that this message helps you in your walk with Jesus.
1: Hey, um, so we have a very special guest speaker. Um, for those of you who may not know, Generation Life Church. We've been going for a little over 18 months. And um, what we have are overseers. So like when it comes to the to the church governance of the church, like somebody might say, Who who is who is over Keith? Right? Well, somebody would say, Jesus. Well, yes, but who is like over Keith? So like um, if he needs to be coached, if he needs to have people pouring into his life, if he needs to be corrected, right? So I have four overseers, and Brother Chris is one of those guys, man of God. He's here with his wife Carol, and um, Chris is actually the president of Elam Fellowship, and I'm ordained through Elam Fellowship since like 2008, nine something like that. I don't even know what it was. Um, so there was a there was a time where I was a student pastor. And I was living in Rochester, you guys know our story, Um, serving as a student pastor in the inner city of Rochester, New York. And um, Brother Chris, I met him, um, we don't even know exactly when, but Chris and Carol's children, they were in my cabin like their boys were in my cabin at summer camp when they were little guys um, Sarah, their daughter was in Katie's cabin because we, we've always counseled. And so we've been knowing them forever. And, uh, there was a time where, I, when I was really looking for, um, I would say a tribe, right? Ark calls it a tribe, looking for a tribe of who are my people, you know, like who, who, who can I go to when I have need as a pastor? Um, and so, I have to say, man, Brother Chris, I appreciate you so much because the only thing you knew about me was here's this street guy in the inner city. He came out to one of our gospel hip-hop fests that we had out there. You know, there's hundreds of people. We've got a breakdance competition out there and freestyle battle contests and a graffiti expo and DJs on the tables and all this. And um, in between all of that, our Christian hip-hop artists were, were... giving a song, and then sharing their testimony, and people were receiving Christ all over the place, and um, man, we had a significant impact there, and Brother Chris came, and he had an opportunity to experience that, but when it came time for looking for my tribe, uh, Elam has, and they probably still do, when it comes to seeking ordination, there's, I guess there's a file of some sort, and there's a lot of people that are trying to become ordained. And so, um, brother Chris, I remember I submitted my application and within a couple of weeks, this was uncommon. Um, I got a call and I said, okay, I got a guy on the inside who just made that happen for me. And, um, there's no way in the world this could have happened any quicker. People I've been waiting three months, six months, whatever it was. And, um, I said, you know what? Uh, I really appreciated you extending that right hand of fellowship to me when I, when I needed it the most. And, um, when it comes to big decisions that need to be made in my life over the years, I've called brother Chris, Hey man, this is what we're facing. This is what we're going through. What do you think? Um, he has given me some sound counsel. Um, there was a time and I'll, I'll, and I'll come up, I'll get out of your way and I'll come up. I will, we'll extend the clock and all that stuff. i no, just kidding. Um, so there was a time when, um, uh, we were at a at a previous church, and um, there was uh, they were looking for a change of the leader there. And Brother Chris said, "No, I wouldn't. No, no, you just serve, be faithful. You know, your your time will come. Um, but just be wise in this and honor the leadership. And that's that's what I did. Just honored the leadership the best I possibly could. And um, it was sound advice. And so when it came time for Gen Life, and I was looking for overseers, I just thought." Who have the men been and their wives who have given wise counsel over the years, who have been going at it for years and years and serving God? How many years you've been in ministry now? 38. 38 years. Man, praise God. So cool. Um, the formal husband of one wife. Three awesome kids, right? You know the formal introduction. Um, last, 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 because I'm not preaching. I can do this. Last one, and that was a uh, brother Chris pastored a church in a city called or a town called South Butler, a population of. How many people in the church? And, and how much? And, and the church grow to be? Five hundred. One hundred and twenty So we're. We're rolling into this little country town of farms. It says population 127, and then we look at this church. We're like, "Where are these people coming from?" You know, like. So um, it's just a um, just a tribute to the spirit of God moving through you, and um, and without any further ado, Brother Chris is going to come and bless us today. So can you show all kinds of love for the man of God, Brother Chris? Thank you.
0: Love you, man. Appreciate you. Good morning. Well, I'm uh, very, very thrilled to be here uh, because I've been on the phone uh, and connecting with Pastor Keith for probably a good two years about this. Now, we didn't know at the beginning about this, but we were, we were walking through what God was doing in his life where he was before, and I spoke to him many times before that and said, when is it going to be time for you to plant you need to plant the church. He had some gifts, and they've served. He and his wife, Katie, have served in so many different uh, places uh, throughout the years, and I've followed them. And uh, I told him last night, I said, I am so proud of you guys. I mean, you know, I feel like a papa, you know? And, I'm, uh, and, uh, and it's, it is so encouraging. Carol and I, we, uh, we met at Bible College there's a Bible college up in upstate New York in Rochester area. It's near Lima, New York, or it's in Lima, New York, sorry. And that Bible college is getting ready to ce- uh, celebrate next year its 100th anniversary. And uh, that particular uh, isn't that cool? That's, that's pretty cool. Very few Bible colleges have really lasted that long. And this is a, a, a spirit-filled Bible college. And, uh, and, about, and they formed in 1924 and in 1933, this, this school was 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 meant to send missionaries all around the world. And as a result, they formed an organization called Elam Missionaries Assemblies. And the only reason I'm sharing this is so you know that I'm not, not just a friend. I'm, I, I'm a part of a movement that's been going for quite some time. And uh, this Missionaries Assemblies actually... Um, uh, was formed to send, be like a sending agency for the United States government. You had to have a covering overseas. So, so the school wasn't able to send it out, but they created Elam Missionary Assemblies. And in 19, uh, 1947, it became Elam Fellowship. And that's what I'm the president of. We have a president of the Bible College, and I'm the president of all the churches. We have about 800 credential holders, just like Keith. In other words, and I and they're all around the world. I, I uh, I just had open heart surgery on January 13th, and uh, here I am today. Isn't that cool? God is making me do well, and uh, and uh, but but I'm I'm back in traveling again now. And uh, Keith had invited me earlier to come, but because of my recovery, I wasn't able to. But uh, I am glad to be back on the road, and this is one of the first places I'm getting to come, and it's just a thrill. For me to be here. I, um, part of what I, I, I get to do is um, I get to go to churches just like this where we have pastors. Most, sometimes, not most of the times, some of the times, uh, I'm going there to fix a problem. Are you with me? Uh, like uh, when, when Keith mentioned something there, there were some problems going on. And I said, Keith, don't, don't get your nose in that thing, you know. You, you can't get your nose into that. And, uh, and uh, they weren't really even interested at that time for us to come in full on. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, I just want to compliment your leadership team to be able to say, hey, let's, let's not just let Keith do life alone, but let's, let's let Keith choose who he's built trust with. And I just wanted, I'm, he didn't tell me to say this, I'm saying this. I just want you to know that I know Keith Reynolds. I don't know the other two gentlemen, but I know Keith Reynolds, who's one of the other guys on the team and on the over team. And uh, he's a great man of God. And uh, I just think it's good. If I was planting a church today, I would do it just like he's doing. And I pastored a church, for, Carol and I pastored together. And uh, we were there for uh, 27 years in that little town of 127. And it started with 36 people, 36 people in the church, 24 people on the board. That'll kill you right there. <laughs> that, that'll just kill you right there. And then, uh, and so, and then it took uh, it took about 10 years to see a breakthrough. We started growing after that breakthrough. 10 years, we just stayed 36 to about 76, 86. I'm there 96. Then after 10 years, we saw it go from 150. Two fifty, three fifty, four fifty, 350, 450. and then it just, it just took off. It was amazing. And we were debt-free, by the way. never owned in all those years. and we built probably around two and a half million dollars worth of building. and never, never was in debt. We always took care of it, uh, paid cash ahead of time uh, when we were built. So you can do it. God can provide. you know what I'm saying? And uh, so) And, uh, and, and Keith, the only, reason, the only reason I shared that is because I wanted them to know that I'm not just a friend, that, that this is somebody that I know as a friend, but, uh, but I have a whole movement. I have uh, an eldership board that oversees me. And I, I just came off of a week of conferences. We would love to have any of you come out and meet us in our conferences. Uh, and then th- I just finished a whole week of conferences this week with with a bunch of speakers in our conference. And then uh, and and then out of that, uh, I meet with my elders. All right, enough about all that. Let's get going here. Hey, um, I just wanted to perfect timing. All right, and uh, just you know. In going around, there's two conversations going on in the church right now, in, in particular in church leaders. Just take my word for it. I just want to share this with you. Take me two minutes. And that one side of that conversation is pastors. In fact, George Barner, who's a research center for the Christian world, basically, and uh, David Kinnaman is now the president of that. He says that the, that the uptick is 38% of pastors are quitting today. And that's, that's my heart, man. I love pastors, right? I love church. I love people. And I'm a people person. But, but uh, 38% of pastors, are, are they just, the whole pandemic, the whole uh, you know, polarization that's happened in the political world that we see, it just burned pastors out. I mean, completely burned him out. I just sat with one this week. Uh, he and his wife and I—I uh, I, I encouraged his church to let him have three months off, and we help him go through, uh, you know, therapy to get back so he doesn't quit. Are you with me? And uh, so that's one side of the conversation. The other side of the conversation is what I think is happening in this house. And this is this is this conversation. This group is saying this. We're not, this is not a time to throw up our, our hands and give up. That's right. This is a time when we have to say, this is a divine opportunity. This is divine. And, and the church didn't do so well. Just to be clear. Uh, the church, the big C church did not do so well in the transitions of the last couple of years. We, 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 if we, if we can't get past arguing over mass, we got to get on. We got to get on with something. Are you hearing me? and the church the church needs to do better but this church here has decided where this isn't the time to throw up uh, throw in the towel this is the time to step up right. Levi Lusco, a guy who pastors a huge church out in, uh, in Montana I believe it is he says this he says we live in a day where it's a real honor to be trusted with the things that are taking place today with society, with the things that are going on with people confused about their sexuality. This is a time where if I were pastoring right now, I'll tell you what I would focus on. I'd focus on identity because everybody's confused about their identity. But if you have Christ in your life, you know Jesus, you have no concern about your identity. He will tell you because your, your, your identity is in him. But here's what, I, here's what I believe, and I believe this very much about this church, and the reason I do it's because uh, I've been talking to Keith for a while about you, and it's all been good, okay? But here's what I know. This is what I'm saying, and I'm not saying this everywhere I go. I want you to hear me. And I believe God is wanting to do something in this church, and, 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 and I titled my message after this so that I could give it to you as a gift. Here we go. I believe God wants to bring divine addition to this church. Divine addition. Now, I talked to God when he told me that. When I wrote this message, I said, God, divine addition, I like multiplication. And he said, Chris, my, that's what I told him. I said, I like multiplication. And he said, Chris, my addition is better than your multiplication. See, because I think we got to be careful that if we're going to build, we build God's way and we build with his blessing. And that's what I want to talk a little bit about today. Because I said, you know, there's so many people learning the gimmicks and the trades and everything that we need to learn to bring multiplication. And all along, God's trying to build divine addition. And it will be more solid when it's God building. Unless the Lord builds a house, come on, we labor in vain, right? And so I I really believe that the, the word I have for you today is to help you move in that direction towards divine addition. Now, if there was ever a time there was a divine addition ever a time there was a divine addition is when Jesus himself was added to this earth. When he came, he was added to the earth. He, he, he became human. And that addition to the crowd was a, was a significant deal. But you need to understand, I'm going to read John chapter three here in just a second. And, uh, and I'm going to say something to you. This, this is, this is very important. The, the, uh, when, when God begins to add, when God begins to increase, you know what I'm saying? We, we, need to, we need to know that it doesn't always go so good. It doesn't always go so good. And when Jesus came to the crowd, the big dude on, on, on tap was John the Baptist. And he had his own disciples. Let me read about it. John chapter 3, verses 22 through 30. After these things, Jesus and his disciples came to the land of Judea, and there he remained with them and baptized. Now, John also was baptizing near Salim because there was much water there, and then they came and they, they were baptized. Now, John had not yet been thrown into prison. There was arose a dispute between some of John's disciples, don't get it confused. Not Jesus' disciples, not the 12. John's disciples. There arose a dispute among the disciples of John that the Jews, about purification. And they came to John and they say, Hey, Rabbi, who is this guy? They're talking about the new dude, Jesus. Who is this guy who is beyond the Jordan who you've testified about? Behold, what? He's baptizing. And all are coming to him now. This is crazy. John answered and said, a man cannot receive anything unless he's been given to it from heaven. You yourselves bear witness to me that from the very beginning I've been saying, this is the Christ and I'm not him. He said, he who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears rejoices greatly because the bridegroom's voice. He hears the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. And then the verse that some of you might know, Verse 30 says, he must increase, and I must decrease. He must increase. You know, 1 Corinthians tells us that that we are uh, to water, and we are to plant. 1 Corinthians 5 says, I planted, but Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. And I can tell you this, when my church church grew, we had people come, go, come, go. Uh, Difficult times in those years. But, but when we look back, Carol and I, can, she could tell you, when we look back, the only growth, growth that we see is something he did. And that's what, that's what I think would be a great mark of this church here, is that he does the increase. Let me give you four insights from this passage that I think will help you on your journey of divine addition. Number one, it says in verse 27, a man can receive nothing unless it's been given to him from heaven. The first thing you need to learn from this passage right here is this, that I must know that whatever I'm doing comes from God. That's what it is. That I must know that what I have must come from God. It has to come from God. If, if it's not from God, you're going to be giving energy towards something that's not correct. It's not good. And you will burn out as a church. You will burn out, Keith. Katie, you will burn out unless you know that what you're doing, because see, unless God gives it to you, you don't have the anointing to keep it. You don't have the authority to undergird it. And so when you take something that God never intended you to have in the first place and you try to build something, you will burn out. People will burn out. And so you have to make sure is, is it, you you can have a talent, but it doesn't mean that you're supposed to be on the worship team. All right, I'm not going to go there far, okay, okay. But, but, but my gifts, my talent, your gifts, your talents, your assignment, your position, did God give me this? Or am I doing it because the pastor just asked? See, I want you to hear this message today, not just your pastor. Am I doing what God's called me to do? If I'm going to go with divine increase, I need to walk in the assurance and the anointing and the power and the authority because I know God gave me what I'm supposed to have. Don't try to be, you know, it's it's sad when you think you're the only one in the room that thinks you can sing. Amen. And it's hard. Because in the church, we're supposed to be all nice and tell everybody, well, let them, let them sing. Well, you'll scare all the visitors away. <laughs> okay, I told you, I can get pretty serious. I'm reading a guy right now from Australia, his name is Mark Sayers, he said this, I love this. He said, leaders, am I, am I looking at any leaders in here? Anybody leaders? You lead your family, you lead your house, you lead your home, right? You lead, this, lead in this church, you lead at work, wherever. Leaders do not choose, rather they respond to God's choosing. Our responsibility, our, I'm including myself in this, is to relinquish life of its many options and find the one option that God is choosing for me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's divine addition. So the first thing I, I learned is this. If I want the divine addition to come, I learn it from John the Baptist and i I must first and foremost know that what I have comes from God. Number two is found in verse 38. You yourselves bear witness that I have said I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. Lesson number two, I must know who I am and who I'm not. I must know who I am and who I'm not. Today's Pentecost Sunday. Look it up. It's Pentecost Sunday today. 3,000 people joined the church. That's divine addition. That's divine addition, right? It said they were added to the church, not multiplied, added to the church, 3,000. What happens if you have 25 worship leaders show up? You've got to figure out how to do it differently. You've got to figure out who's called to it, who's, what must you do, what must you not do. You must know who, know who you are and who you're not. Don't try to be somebody you're not. You'll waste your energy. You must know who you are and who you're not. When I first started pastoring, I was really close. Carol and I became close friends to two people who were big names back in those days. Now there's a whole set of new names. But back in those days, we were three, three people. We were close to Bill Hybels. We were close to John Maxwell. John Maxwell and Bill Hybels related so well to Carol and I because I, I started uh, becoming a representative for them in the upstate New, new York area. My church wasn't big enough for me to do a whole lot, so I did a lot of other things. And uh, they, Bill Hybels and John Maxwell during those days sent Carol and I on a trip uh, to Cancun because of our relationship with them. Paid it all the way through. They were, I'm not talking about just somebody I read. We got close to these people. And Jack Hayford was the third person. Some of these are old names for some people that may not even know them here. Today it's Craig Croeschel and different folks like that. But here's, here's the deal. You got to be careful To be who you are and not who you're not. I was the best John Maxwell in my pulpit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I got some from him, but I started preaching like John Maxwell. The world doesn't need two John Maxwells. The world doesn't need two Billy Grahams. The the world needs you. Addison, I just met Addison over here the other day. And I asked her her name today. She didn't know I was going to pick on her. What's your name? That's what I said. Now, listen to me. I'm I'm going to go over to her. The camera can follow me. It's okay. If you don't follow me, I'm just going over to talk to somebody. Listen to me. When God made you, listen, listen. When God made you, he said, I will never do that again. Because when I did it, I did it right the first time. And when I did it, I didn't make any mistakes. And when I did it, I had the plans ready for her. I know exactly what I want her to do. And when she tunes into me and knows who she is and who she's not, then I know I would never do that again. And he would say that to anybody else here. Are you hearing my heart? Don't try to be somebody you aren't. Show up. Show up. God can build when you know what you have comes from him, number one. Number two, God can build and grow this place and grow you and grow me when we know who we are and who we're not. Number three, verse 29, he said to the bride, uh, he, said, he said, he who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend, the best man at the wedding, the friend, the best man at the wedding, the friend stands and listens to the bridegroom's voice. And J.B. was saying this, John the Baptist said this. He said, I'm listening to the voice. I'm just the best man. You don't want me to die for you. You want him to die for you. You want him to give you miracles. You want him to do the power. You want me to heal? And Pastor Keith, there's going to be times you're going to need to know you're going to have come to the end of yourself and it's not you that heals, it's God that heals. It's God that delivers Are you with me? And if you get wore out, you'll get wore out trying to heal people. You'll get wore out trying to heal people. God called you to pray for people. God calls you to lay hands on people. He calls you to lay hands on people. But let God do his job. Know who you are and who you're not. And know what you're called to do, which is number three, and what you're not called to do. Know what you're called to do and what you're not called to do. When my wife and I went to this church, we went to this little church in the middle of nowhere, man. It's the middle of nowhere. And they sang three hymns on a Hammond organ, on an on a old organ, they sang three hymns. And Carol's worship leader. Carol's like, she, she led worship, you know? And so we started introducing to these 36 people the worship of the Lord. This is the day, this is the day. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. And uh, as the deer, all those songs, right? And me and Carol, we were committed to work together because we co-led together. Are you with me? But Carol, every now and then, she would just sing too long. Like the worship went way too long. In fact, Carol, uh, she would sing one song 12 times and I would have cut it off at five. Five. Are you hearing what I'm saying? She's over there, and, I, and we would, listen, listen. We would come home after church, and I was preaching, and, and she would say, I say, how, because how, you ask every week, how did I do, honey? Like, she's going to be honest, right? But, but I said, hey, honey, how did I do? And she said, honey, you did good. And I said, well, honey, I thought you did good, but I thought as a deer was probably way too long, too many times through. We went from joy to intense fellowship in four minutes flat right there. All the way to our house, seven and a half minute ride, we had intense fellowship. And so uh, this would happen week after week after week because Carol just didn't know Jesus like I did. (laughs) And I'm the leader of this church. Are you hearing me? I'm the leader of this church. And, And so it created a little intense fellowship. So we went to the elders. And we talked to the elders and they agreed with her, which meant I would never talk to those elders about a marriage problem <laughs> ever again. Because they, they believed her. And then it got so bad, we went to counseling because she needed therapy. It was obvious. And uh, because anybody that would live with me would need therapy. I'm telling you that right now. And I'm, I'm being lighthearted because she lets me be that way right now. But I'm telling you right now, Let me tell you what that counselor told me that I want to give to you. Chris, you need to know what you're called to do and what she's called to do. And you need to stay in your lane. And she needs to stay in her lane. And you can't go into her lane unless you're invited into her lane. Are you hearing me? That saved our marriage. You have no idea. That saved our marriage. And there's going to be times... When you grow this church and you think you know what the pastor's supposed to do, read my lips. Stay in your lane unless you're invited into his lane. Does that make sense? I'm too many people. Listen, I don't come to your place. Listen, I don't come to you if you're a dentist. I'm not picking on you. I'm just using you as an illustration. I don't come and lay in your chair and tell you how to fix my teeth. Are you hearing me? If I did, I'd be in trouble. And a lot of times, man, people get in each other's stuff when they shouldn't be. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't take advice, but God has called you to do what you're called to do. And he's called you, sir, and you, ma'am, and you, ma'am, okay? Just be happy knowing, number one, that what you have comes from God. Number two, knowing that who you are and who you're not, right? And then number three. Knowing what you're called to do and what you're not called to do. Last one. If we're going to see divine addition happen, here's the last one. I've got 45 more minutes according to (laughs) Big Mike, right? Okay, here we go. I'm just playing. Where's Big Mike? All right, thank you, Big Mike. All right, good. Here we go. Here we go. Number four. He must... Increase, and I must decrease or he, I must decrease and he must increase either way you read it in the, in the Greek it's not particular to the way it comes here's what I know I used to think this is what he must increase and I must decrease it's all my life until I wrote this sermon this is what I thought it meant that I must shrink back and he must get all the glory But when I was writing this message for you and for the churches I've preached at this, I've preached this several times to churches only that I feel that God is saying, we're not throwing in the towel, we're starting. Mm -hmm. That's the only place I'll preach it. This is what God showed me. He must increase, Chris, in you. And you must decrease in you. In other words, it's not just increasing out there so he gets the glory. He says, Chris, I want to come in and increase in you. I want to increase in you. And in order for that to happen, you got to let room for that to happen. You got to die. You got to decrease so that I can come in. So my thinking in you changes. And my thinking in you, Chris, changes in such a way that it's better for you. And then we can have divine addition. Are you hearing me? I need to decrease. And and God just sent me on a journey. I've got seven so far. It's taken me months to get these. I'm just going to give them to you because of time. But I'm only going to need a few of them, not all seven of them. In fact, I've got some in the back here. There's another 12 in the back of what I'm going to share with you. But I'm not sure that those are God yet. I'm taking my time, not just to come, because what is it, God, you want to change in me? Number one, he says, I want to increase my love, Chris, in you. He said, you think you love people. This is what he told me. And if you get to know me, some of your leadership team people that I'm going to get to know a little bit, you'll find out I love people. But God knows me better than them people. And this is what he said to me one day. He said, Chris, I know you love people. But I love the people you avoid. I love the people you walk around. I I love the people that you don't want to stand behind in Walmart because you go down to the other aisle to Because you know what kind of people they might be Oh, I love them I died for them I cared for them I want to change them I want to give them a new identity I want to help them Man, oh man, it changed my life I started going to Starbucks And I've met a couple of people and built friendships with people who think they're a she when they're a he, or think they're a he when they're a she. And I started connecting with them, and I've got a lot of free lattes. But that ain't the reason I go. That's not the reason I go. The reason I go is because I love Tony, who wants to be a girl. And I'm trying to win Tony and if i get respected by tony and tony starts to appreciate me because the love of god is now coming through me i'm not manipulative i haven't preached one time to tony i'm just earning my friendship with tony so that that day will come when i'll say son the creator himself created you in such a way and you just haven't found that yet but i want you to know i'll introduce you to that creator so you cannot be worried about who you are and who you're not and you will land on your identity. Are you hearing me? That would have never happened. I'm telling you. That would have never happened. Never happened with this boy. Am I right, Carol? I mean, this boy was loving on a love level of my own until I decreased and he increased. That changed everything. I'm only going to give you two more. Number one, he's increasing his love in me. This one, his, my wife is definitely appreciative of this one he's increasing my ability to listen to him better and listen better listen like me son I've given you an ear to hear listen to me and I I could go on and on and on and teach you about that but God is teaching me to listen and then three God is increasing my leadership left to I, I used to read, a, I told Keith, I used to read a book a week. I don't do that much anymore, but I used to read a book a week. I love reading, and I always read leadership stuff. And in the reading of leadership stuff, over these years, I really became great. John Maxwell's book, Developing the Leader Within You, was one of my favorite books. Developing the Leader Within You. What's wrong with, what did I say? You said you became great. I became great. I didn't mean that if I said that. I, be, I, I became a good leader. That's what I meant to say. I became a good leader. I really felt the Lord gave me some good leadership skills, right? And, uh, and I, I didn't feel that way. When I first, when I first came out of, I, I was raised in Hampton, Virginia. And when I, when I got to Bible school, I didn't feel like I was a leader. If you had told me today that I'd be the president of that movement, you, no way. It's just the grace of God. Are you with me? So I became a good leader. But here's one thing I learned. John Maxwell's book, Developing the Leader Within You, right? Which is basically saying, look inside your life at what you have and bring it out. Develop that leader in you. And one day I was telling God about that. He really was really excited. And he said, how about developing the leader, or not developing, but awakening the one that's in you awakening the leader who's already in you. That's himself. That's a better leader. That's always going to be a better leader than this guy. No matter how good of a leader I am, that's never, it's never going to be enough. And Jesus said, you must decrease, and I must increase in you. And so I want to be that leader in you. That's what he's saying to me. Are you with me? I'm going to pray for you as I wind this up. Um, I really do care about this church. I've already been here just just today, and I just can sense, I can sense something. It smells like fresh earth ready to grow. All these seeds going to come in here and watch it, boom. You know what I'm saying? You watch, okay? But we better do divine addition, not just our multiplication. That's what I feel like the Lord's saying we got to make sure what we do is not just what is hip. Because hip doesn't last forever. It doesn't last forever. What lasts forever is what he puts into the ground. is what he fans the flame on. Amen? And so, uh, let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you for this crowd. I ask your blessing on them. I thank you for the way that the lights finally came on. And Lord, I thank you for the love that you have for these folks. Help us realize that what we have must come from you. Help us realize who we are and who we're not. Help us realize what we're called to do and what we're not called to do. And then finally, help us realize that we must decrease and you must increase in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Generation Life Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that this message inspired, encouraged, and challenged you in your walk with Jesus. Join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. in person at Orange High School or online via our YouTube channel. For more information about Gen Life or to connect with us, visit generationlifechurch.com.